Hi there, this is Taylor checking in with some conservation news from the past couple weeks for Pelicanus and Intentional Ecology. Working in the environmental field is an experience of some very high highs and some low lows. As always, there are horrendous environmental stories that deserve our attention, action, and mobilization, but it is our opinion that you can find those headlines in many places. But there are also empowering and inspiring stories that demonstrate major conservation successes from around the globe, achieved by real people who have grouped together to create a better planet. We've been collecting these stories and messages every week for years, and I'm still surprised at how resilient and creative both nature and humans are when facing big challenges. Hi everyone, we've got a handful of headlines for today's Pelicanus News. I've categorized them into drawdown, legal wins, and wildlife. These stories are truly incredible and also reminders to me that conservation can actually work. All right, this first one in drawdown is coming out of futurism.com by way of CNN, I think. Um, Shell says oil production will fall every year forever. The iconic oil giant Royal Dutch Shell announced that when it comes to oil productions, its best years are behind it. The company expects its oil production to drop by 1-2% every year from here on out as part of the company's push toward transitioning toward cleaner sources of energy. There's plenty of reason to be skeptical about pro-environmental claims from the world's fifth largest oil company. But if the downward trend holds true, it could be a sign that economic and geophysical incentives are starting to align with the global fight against climate change. Shell previously committed to reaching net zero emissions by 2050. That plan includes investments in clean energy, reforestation, and carbon capture technology to offset its environmental impact. But the new announcement uh, that oil production itself will continue to decline feels more significant. It more directly addresses the root cause of climate change, even if the annual decline is at a markedly incremental pace. And even at this projected rate for perspective, Shoyle's oil production will still be around a million barrels per day in 2050, a 45% reduction from 2019. All right, this next one is from NPR.org. General Motors, the largest U.S. automaker, plans to be carbon neutral by 2040. So in the last episode, we mentioned that GM planned on ending their production of gas and diesel-powered vehicles by 2035. Well, right on the heels of that announcement, GM has announced plans to be carbon neutral by 2040. GM said it will take a science-based approach to become carbon neutral, balancing carbon dioxide emissions and removal efforts. It intends that by 2025, 40% of its vehicles will be battery-powered. General Motors is joining governments and companies around the globe working to establish a safer, greener, and better world, said Mary Barra, GM chairman and CEO. We encourage others to follow suit and make a significant impact on our industry and on the economy as a whole. This next one is out of San Diego. San Diego County sets plan for zero carbon emissions by 2035. The County Board of Supervisors unanimously approved a climate change proposal that proponents say will move the county toward zero carbon emissions by 2035. 
San Diego is the largest county in the United States to commit to achieving such a goal by 2035. Supervisors Tara Lawson-Reamer and Nora Vargas crafted the proposal, known as the Regional Sustainability Plan. Lawson-Reamer called it an unprecedented effort to tackle an unprecedented problem. County staff, including the Chief Administrative Officer, will work with the UC San Diego School of Global Policy and Strategy to craft the plan, which Lawson-Reamer's office said will incorporate strategies tailored to the region to achieve zero carbon in key sectors including energy, transportation, and land use. South Korea unveils $43 billion plan for world's largest offshore wind farm. This is coming out of Reuters.com. South Korea has unveiled a $43.2 billion plan to build the world's largest wind power plant by 2030 as part of efforts to foster an environmentally friendly recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic. The project is a major component of President Moon Jae-in's Green New Deal. I hope I pronounced his name correctly. Uh, This was initiated last year to curb reliance on fossil fuels in Asia's fourth largest economy and make it carbon neutral by 2050. Moon attended a signing ceremony in the southwestern coastal town of Sinan for the plant, which will have a maximum capacity of 8.2 gigawatts. With this project, we are accelerating the eco-friendly energy transition and moving more vigorously toward carbon neutrality, Moon said at the event. Uh, He said that the project would provide up to 5,600 jobs and help achieve a goal to boost the country's wind power capacity to 16.5 gigawatts by 2030 from the 1.67 gigawatts now. The envisaged 8.2 gigawatt amounts to the energy produced by six nuclear reactors or the effects of planting 71 million pine trees, officials said. To date, the world's largest offshore wind farm is Horn Sea One in Britain, which has 1.12 gigawatt capacity. Next category is legal wins. This one is coming out of thehill.com. Russian court orders mining giant to pay $1.96 billion for Arctic spill. A Russian court has ordered a mining company involved in a massive Arctic fuel spill last year to pay approximately $1.96 billion in compensation. The court sided with Russia's ecological watchdog agency, the Federal Service for Supervision of Natural Resources, which had demanded MMC Norilsk Nickel pay an amount slightly more than what was decided by the court. The mining company had argued that, according to its own estimate, it only owed approximately $287 million. (laughs) Russian President uh, Putin in June approved a state of emergency after Nornickled spill dumped about 20,000 tons, yeah, 20,000 tons of oil into a river. The company at the time attributed the accident, accident to a sudden sinking of supporting posts in the basement of the storage tank. That same month, uh, the mining company spent more than 5 billion rubles on cleanup costs for the spill. More than 33,000 tons of water and fuel mixture had been collected in the area, and more than 172,000 tons of contaminated soil had been removed. The wildlife category. Uh, First one here is out of msn.com. China adds 517 species to protected wildlife list. China has added 517 species to a list of nationally protected animals, marking the first major update of the inventory since its introduction in 1989. The additions, which include a wolf, large spotted civet, and golden jackal, take the number of species on the list of wildlife under special state protection 
an adjunct to the wildlife protection law, to 980 total. The National Forestry and Grassland Administration and the Ministry of Agriculture and Rural Affairs jointly published the updated list. Among the other additions were the Skywalker Hulak Gibbon and Bailey's Snake, which is endemic to Tibet. Before the announcement, the protected animals list had gone largely unchanged for more, unchanged for more than 30 years. The only other adjustments came in 2003 when the musk deer was added to the inventory, and in June last year when the protection level for pangolins was upgraded from second class to first. The treatment of China's wildlife came sharply into focus earlier last year when several experts sought to find links between the consumption of wild animals and the COVID-19 pandemic. And the last article here is out of usnews.com. A new pair of wolves spotted in Northern California. A wolf collared by Oregon wildlife officials last year has been spotted in Northern California with another wolf, likely a female, with whom he is likely to start a pack, a California wildlife official has said. Kent Loudon, California Department of Fish and Wildlife's wolf specialist, said OR85 was spotted in December along with a companion by a game camera in Siskiyou County. We're pretty sure it's a female that has been traveling all over the place with a collared male wolf, and they seem to be establishing territory, Loudon said. Biologists will collect samples of the uncollared wolf's fur, feces, and urine to determine its original pack. OR85, a black-furred wolf, is from Oregon's Mount Emily pack and was collared there uh, last February. He entered Modoc County on the border with Oregon on November 3rd. If the wolves are able to start a new family, it will be only the third known pack spotted in Northern California since the species went extinct there in 1924. The Lassen pack was first spotted in 2017 in Lassen County in Northeastern California. A pack of seven wolves was seen in Shasta County in 2015, but vanished within the year. These are all super fun. I hope these stories bring some optimism and lightness to your month, and uh, I look forward to sharing more in the future.